Hello, I'm Adam. I'm Rob. And welcome to episode 20 of the Stream Bucket Podcast. The big 2-0, man. We've made it. Oh, man. Do you remember what you did on your 20th birthday? Uh, no. It's uh, I, I, I No, in fact, I do. I was in a bar in Southampton drinking. Okay. Yeah, I went to Southampton and drank. I remember what I did for my 21st. I don't remember my 20th at all. No. There was a time I went... To, I did go to a strip club. On, it might be my 20th in Bristol. It was the weirdest night ever. Strip club, you seedy, seedy man. Uh, Twenty, twenty-one, yeah. maybe. But yeah. it was a, it was couples only. What? Yeah. You see this? You see this in these raunchy Channel Four documentaries where a couple's really sexual and they no, go to sex well, things. Yeah. Luckily, it just so happened that we had equal number of men and women. Okay. So we, uh, yeah, we are couples. We are couples. Do you know what it was? What it turned out to be? What? A recruitment drive. Huh? The girls walking around the staff, the dancers, yeah, weren't talking to the men. They're talking to the women. They Come were, and be and a they're dancer. Basically saying, "Oh, I remember coming here the first time. It was really weird, but I really liked it in the end. Ah. I didn't fall back dancing. Ah, yeah. Wow. Sordid background. I watched a document, a naughty, raunchy documentary on Channel Four actually the other day. Did you? It's about a family who run a sex shop together. And okay. the father's wanting to pass the reins over to his son, but they keep using those euphemisms. The reins, and these actually are reins, and it shows them playing with reins and stuff. Is this a real? Is this real? Real. Is- it's in Brighton. It's a family run. There's two <laughs> sex shops in Brighton, and the kid, um, the son, who's I think maybe early twenties, is having kind of, and the daughter, they might be inheriting the family business, right? But they are worried about sort of is this what I want to be doing for the rest of my life this sounds like the best sitcom I've ever heard I know right they're like do I want to be selling rubber insert word for Willy for the rest of my life <laughs> right um, okay we need Nick Frost <laughs> as the dad yeah we need uh, Lena Headey as, uh, as the mum you're just doing fighting with my family yeah, yeah. sex toys <laughs> totally right okay <laughs> no, definitely Nick Frost maybe who else who would be your mum uh, I don't know <laughs> so to kill it off. Gillian Anderson. Gillian, yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. But here's the weird thing about it: mm. the husband, the father, was married, okay. and then he had an affair with the Saturday girl who came in on a Saturday. But now they're all one big happy family still. Like the mum still works at one of the sex shops, and it was a bit odd. But they all got on, so it was fine. And then the, the Saturday girl still works there. The Saturday girl, he's gone and married the Saturday girl. Oh, 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 okay. With, but the mum's still all like, they all still have meetings, stuff, meetings together, despite this going on. Um, and it's geared towards the end where they want to have a latex catwalk because latex is it's apparently slippy, old in thought. vogue. <laughs> yeah. It's not good for catwalking. It just slips straight off the yeah. end. Whee! It's like a runway. Like an actual runway. Come back. <laughs> Come out with my latex outfit. Bow. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing dances by the minute. <laughs> Who put soap on over the floor? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, on with the sh- what we're talking about in the show today. Is this a family we? show? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> what did we talk about? We talked about... We talked about Mad Max 2. We did, Road. because it's the oil theme. The oil theme. Yes. It's not the sex shop theme. No, no, but it's definitely still slippery. It's definitely still slippery. And greasy. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, yes, all our music was chosen... Ish, oily-ish. Yeah. But you won't hear that because this is the podcast. Yeah. But if you do want to hear the, the full version, um, 
our shows are put on on demand on the northpartsfm.com website. Mm. All the archive are there, so do check it out if you want to hear the songs as well. Yes. Um, but we for do. the actual podcast, we talked Mad Max, we talked Quaggers. We talked Mother, the Darren Aaron 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 I'm quite annoyed about it. Yeah, well, rags to riches to rags again. Yeah. But anyway, that's you'll hear what we mean in a minute. Oh, sorry, did that start? Oh, this is Green Bucket with Adam and Roll. Learn about movies whilst we get in your job. There's TV and games and other stuff too. We're going to share all this with you. Hello, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to Screen Bucket. Yay, oily edition. An oily, greasy edition. Why is it an oily edition? Uh, Because last week, uh, you made me go over to your bookshelf, pick a book at random, and Mm -hmm. then you made me stop on a word. And the word, much to our displeasure, was oily. So now we've had to base an entire episode on oil. Yes, black gold. Yeah, guzzling. Gasoline, eh? Gasoline, eh? Eh? So yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, so we've got... We tried to pick the music to be as oily as possible. Turns out there's not that many oil songs. Turns out there's not much many oil songs. But we've chosen a film based on oil. Yep. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty oil special. But I think it's a good idea. I think it was a solid, solid idea. I stick by it because we had to think about it. i tell you what, we've got stuff planned for the future but this will be our wild card for when it's a silly month where nothing's happening exactly exactly like next time it's gonna be even different uh because it's technically my birthday show you looking forward to that am i on it or am i on holiday you're on holiday you utter 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 (laughs) (laughs) who are you getting in uh i believe friend of the show Matt Butler oh, from Electric Black. Oh, goodness me, a musician. A musician. Good heavens. Um, who is, uh, we believe, still living in the cupboard. We haven't okay. seen him in a while. Right. So we'll see if we can crack him out. Oh, I hope you find him. Yeah. If not, I'll just roll someone else in, who knows. Sweet. Get him <laughs> off the street. What are we going on about in the show, anyway? Okay, so we've got ahead of us the... A classic Fortnite Schmortnite. Oh, I hope you've got some good ones for us this week. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that I don't. Nothing's oh, happened. Oh, oh, I was kind of hoping someone would die, oh. but they did. <sighs> Show's still young. You yeah. never know when BBC News is going to pop up on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> With dread, everyone slowly picks up. The and entire looks cast up. of Game of Thrones have killed themselves. Let's <laughs> not put that on there. There's, there's... <laughs> Okay, what else have we got? We've got... Uh, we're going to be talking a bit about the film, last scenes with the actors we filmed last weekend. Yes, we are. Um, we're going to talk about Chernobyl. Yes, Chernobs. Chernobs. Chernobyl. We will talk about Chernobyl later because it's so amazing. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, and then... So... Ooh! Whoa! What's happened? <laughs> I watched Mother! 
Oh, wow. Darren Aaron Aaron and Flomflosky. Darren Aaron Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aaron Aaron Darren Aaron 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 The man. Yes. He direct who did Requiem for a Dream and all sorts of very yeah. twisted films. He Have made... you heard him speak? No. How does he sound? Like uh, a New York uh, 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 No, no. That... Or I always imagine like uh, a wine bar. Me, and I made a film with mother, it's called. Mm. No, no, not at all. He's if anything, he's closer to a New York taxi driver. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine bucks, man. <laughs> I got this coffee, man. I got this idea, right? Hey, see? That's Chicago. Chicago isn't it? It. What's the New York? Get out of my taxi! I walk in here. Get... <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I watched Mother. Yes. Uh, most infuriating film I've ever seen in my life, hands down. It, that's interesting. I don't remember it being infuriating. I remember mm. it being right up its own greasy alley. It was up its own greasy, oily alley. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? There's a person in it, and you don't. If you've if you haven't read the context of the film about what it's really about, and you're too stupid to work it out, which I am. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't click with me what the underlying theme was. Right. Uh, it's basically a film about a woman who has people ruin her life. Yeah. And she just has to watch as they're very rude and they break her stuff and they disrespect her house, and that happens for two hours and then it ends. And it gets worse. It gets worse. But it gets really, seeing, really bad. It gets really, really bad. But you yeah. have Ed Harris coming in and smoking in the house and being very obnoxious. And then you have Michelle Pfeiffer coming in and breaking her stuff. And then people break her sink. People break, break her entire house. Things are shattering and breaking and people are being rude to her. Someone calls her the C word and she's just trying to fix stuff. And her stupid husband is just like, but they love me. They love me. What's his name? What's his freaking name? The Spanish one. The actor. Yeah. Have you about them? Yes. Like, well, they love me. They love me. Oh, they love me. Oh, my God. I love... Do you know what? I I, I just realised why it might have struck a nerve with you. Why? You are a man who has had many house parties in the, his parents' house. Yeah. With a lovely pair of parents mm. who may have suffered similar feelings. And it's gone into me. Yeah, you're like, oh no! All those times I had those people around, they smoked in the house and broke stuff. The house and the plant pots and everything. Maybe. Or, or of course, there's Sudi Cream Night in your flat. One of your first oh, flats in Hitchin. Oh, God. <laughs> Josh. <Yeah. laughs> you're just projecting your own feelings of shock and horror at your own house parties. Yeah, because something <laughs> breaks and they're like, don't, they don't care. Yeah. Oh. They start applying pseudocreme to people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the pint. <laughs> oh dear. What did you think of Mother then as a whole? Um, I remember walking out thinking I liked it, but I couldn't work out why. Right. But I I I got it as I was watching it. Okay. But it didn't make me like it. Like I was like, oh I get it. See, I was the opposite. If mm. I understood it, the different things that were popping up, I would be like, Oh, that's a reference to that. Oh, that's a reference to that. But instead, all I got was misery and annoyance porn. I mean, I can see that. You can watch it without, with or without context, I think. Yeah. I was watching it with context as it got it, but I was like, eh. Here's the thing. I sort I, of just wanted it to end. I wanted it to end. I can categorically tell you right now, I will never again in my entire life watch that film. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's I'm done with that it's film. One time. Yeah, and Jennifer Lawrence is a wooden, wooden old girl. A wooden spoon. 
Do you know, it's very familiar to Lil Jon's Turn Down For What music video. Have you seen that? Uh, yes, I have. And it is. Like, the last third of Mother is just that music video? People dropping through ceilings, people dancing crazily. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. What came first, the Aronofsky or the Lil Jon? Lil Jon came first. Did he really? Yeah. So Darren Aaron Aronofsky, you hack fraud. Yep, hack fraud. We're calling you out. You and Jay Law. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're hack frauding Red Alert Media. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> we didn't steal it. We didn't steal it. It's a good observation, though, Red Alert Media. Well done. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> uh, so, oily film. What did you choose? Uh, I thought about There Will Be Bloods, which is very good, but then I thought it's too heavy, so why don't we just watch a really good film called Mad Max 2. Mad Max 2, Red Warrior. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Easy watching for us. Nice little post-apocalyptic Mel Gibson. Uh, Might be one of my favourite films ever. You say, oh my God. <laughs> oh, you catchphrase. You can say it every week. No, I don't. You I don't. Say I don't. Every single Children week. of Men and Mad Max 2. No, and you said it with Dog Soldiers. And, you know, it might be one of my favourite films ever. Of that type. I definitely said of that type. <laughs> You've got a catchphrase. Uh, it might be one of my favourite films. Let's put a song ever. on. <laughs> you have one message. Message one. Hello, Screen Bucket. I spoke to you before after hearing you slander my good name. Well, I'm back because now you're talking about my husband, Darren Darren, 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 my husband Darren. And I don't like it. I don't like it when you talk about me. I think it's awful. I think it's misogynist. And I think you are scum. Scum, scummy scum. And actually, I think Mother is the best film I've ever worked on in my entire life. I play Mother Earth, I think, and I'm in a house, and um, some men come, and they like the book, because it's poetry. It's just brilliant. It's really, 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 really brilliant, and you just don't understand it, actually. So... I would appreciate if you just stopped talking about us, actually. What? Jennifer, what? Come what? On, it's time for some tea. Oh, come on, Jennifer. It's time for tea. Come on. I was, okay. I've made a sponge cake. Just coming. I, I, I think we're lazy. Stop. Quiet on the set. Hope you got your popcorn and large soda ready, because you're listening to Scream Bucket with Adam and Rob. That was Breakout by Foo Fighters, which is in me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, good song. Good movie. Good, mm, yeah. yeah. I can't even, I can barely remember it. It's been a while. That's very funny. Very funny. Jim, prime time Jim Carrey, when he was knocking yes. him out. Yeah. Oh. Knocking him out big time. Yeah. Nah. The Mask, uh, Truman Show. Ace Ventura. Yep. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. He was everywhere, wasn't he? And then, um, was Cable Guy after? Um, I think Cable Guy was before that. I thought Cable Guy sort of ended his uh, career, his golden period. And then he came back with uh, the crazy people. That's very disrespectful. Crazy people? No, the um, depression. A- Eternal Sunshine? Yes. That's what it's mine. Crazy people. It's one of my favourite films ever, that. <laughs> it's a good, oh, good film. <laughs> and now he's going to be Dr. Robotnik in Sonic. <laughs> Anyway, 
Have you seen any trailers? Well, there's a few kicking about. Yeah. The one that caused the biggest news on my timeline, the biggest hubbub on my Twitter timeline, was Picard. That's because you're followed by a load of nerds. Well, yes. And I'm not going to deny that. But yeah. Picard. Hmm. So it's a follow-up series to Star Trek The Next Generation, which has been off screen for about 20 years now. Um, Yeah, I couldn't care less. No. I really don't want to see it. Where's Lou? Where's Lou? It's just like, it's dragging a story on that doesn't need to be told. No. And he looks so old. He's a decrepit old man now. Um, Too much camembert. Yeah. Or not not enough. Not enough camembert. But, well, that's why he was stealing it, wasn't he? Was he? He stole it. Oh, you're talking about the voicemails. Yeah. Those weird messages keep being left. Because we know so far... uh, he stole Ian McKellen's calendar and Ian McKellen had broken into his house and they'd had some form of... Oh, my of, God. They'd had some form of a fight. Oh, God, we need to find out what's going on. Maybe we should call him back. Yeah, should we give him a ring? In a bit. In a bit. Don't In worry a bit. about it now. Yeah, so Picard, I mean, it, it looks like they're treating it with some respect because it's. I think it's been done by the same people who have done all the trash recently. Trash. What, not... Star uh, not, trash. Not Discovery. Please don't say Discovery. Part... I think, yeah, I think it's the same people. <sighs> exactly. I'm not, that's <sighs> why I'm holding back any, <sighs> any excitement. But yes, that's going to be on Amazon Prime, so at least it'd be easily watched. Yes, yeah. to... easily watched and easily forgotten. Yes. I don't know, I'm being, an, I'm being well, a I've, I've It saw... might be good, it might be good. I've been watching Subject Next Generation again. <clears throat> Put my glasses on. <clears throat> uh, uh, gradually, since I was last ill. <laughs> since our sickness episode I've just finished this, the whole thing and it does end and so well you're like nah. the films are rubbish ignore the films mm. but the ending is so good and we see old Picard in that in his vineyard it seemed from the trailer that he is living with Thanos in his plum field <laughs> yeah, yeah it does so maybe making his lovely plum jam <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a crossover where Thanos and Picard just pick plums together which is a film I would see again and again <laughs> yeah which is, would be the best film of all time it would be pretty good yeah Picard and Thanos go plumbing <laughs> by Darren Aronofsky <laughs> I'm Jennifer Lawrence, and I've come to visit Picard and Thanos. Get my plums back. Because <laughs> they ate my babies. Oh, my, lo- oh my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. We watched the Swamp Thing trailer just DC's now. DC's Swamp Thing. Yeah. Mm, that looks ruddy interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. So, you... Uh, from what I know from Swamp Thing, mm. the swamp, he's a swamp monster that comes out of a swamp and attacks people. Is that right? Uh, I think that's what it, it was based on, the like creature from the Black Lagoon, but I think yeah. it's something else. Okay. Because well, that's what I thought of it. I thought maybe it was a bit um, Frankenstein's monster as well, where he's a nice swampy. I think it's more that. And then he gets enraged by the people getting in on his swamp. I don't know. But this trailer looked like the swamp itself was attacking people and impaling them with giant roots and stuff. It looked quite interesting. Yeah, it... Okay, I've looked up what the swamp thing is from the comics. The character is a swamp monster 
that resembles an anthropomorphic mound of vegetable matter and fights to protect his swamp home, the environment in general, and humanity from various supernatural and terrorist threats. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so he looks like a genuine balls-to-the-wall horror movie. He really does. There's uh, a lot of gore. People being paled by like roots and stuff. You like proper body horror, like swampy vegetable body horror. I mean, the trailer itself kicks off with a girl in a classroom, gets a nosebleed and passes out. Yep, looks really ill. So bad things are happening to people. Then some sexy, sexy uh, young experts turn up at the swamp to examine people turning yep. into trees. This uh, the girl in it was recently in a series of unfortunate events where she played pretty much a child. Okay. So now she's this fully qualified squump. Squump. <laughs> squump. <laughs> she's a squump. <laughs> she's a squump. <laughs> she, she's a fully qualified squump at the age of 17. <laughs> well, the sequel... The sequel to Quaggers is, is officially Squamp. Oh, God, you I'm going to wet myself. You heard it here first, folks. Squamp, coming 2020. Oh, God. Well, yes, James Wan directing. It looks awesome. Check it out. Squamp, people. Adam's Film Reviews. Ma, 2019. Are you going to meet a boy? No sex or booze. Okay. Excuse me, can you buy some booze for my friends and I? Not interested. Please? Hell. Whoa, there's my girl. This never happened, okay? Thanks again for doing this, ma'am. You guys want to party like rock stars? Follow me. Let's get drunk! The bar is open. What do you think? We don't know this chick. It ain't much, but it's all you. Cool basement. You're free to do whatever you want down here, but nobody go upstairs. This is so sick. Welcome to Mars. What? Love, Ma. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> How did she get our numbers? You know where the party is. Mm. Those earrings are beautiful, Maggie. You got a sweet mama, huh? Who are you with? Just some kids from school. You have a boyfriend. <laughs> Men are dogs. There's something off about Ma. Seriously? She's harmless. Directed by Tate Taylor, Ma is the latest film to be released by Blumhouse Productions. As is fairly standard for Blumhouse, Ma falls into the vague psychological thriller horror category thing. And if the trailer is anything to go by, promises to be a truly messed up take on Stranger Danger and a little bit of misery from 1990. Oh well. The film opens with Maggie Thompson and her recently divorced mother, Erica, moving back to Erica's hometown in small town Ohio. Maggie is quick to make friends at school and is soon heading out to drink with fellow students Andy, Haley, Chaz and Daryl. Unfortunately, being only 16, there is a small problem around, you know, actually buying alcohol. After several failed attempts, the group managed to persuade a passing woman, Sue Ann, 
to head into the storeroom and pick up their booze. The next day, Suan meets with the teens again and invites them to drink in her basement, where they can do anything they like so long as they never go upstairs. Word soon spreads and Suan, now going by the affectionate moniker of Ma, becomes everyone's favourite local weirdo, with huge parties gathering in Ma's basement as more and more of the school find out about it. But see, things aren't always as good as they seem. From the moment they met, Ma has been delving deep into the teens' online profiles, gathering names and being decidedly creepy about the whole thing. Her enthusiasm doesn't go unnoticed either, and Maggie and Haley begin to suspect that she isn't all she appears. As the clues unravel, we begin to learn that Ma is deeply troubled by her past, and might just be seeking revenge. And not exactly on the teens either, but on their parents. And that's about it. Ma promises a lot, but the suspense and build-up just sort of flops. This is partly down to the film not feeling like it really knows what direction it's going in. It could be a Stranger Danger horror story, sure, but, but the thing with horror is that things instantly become less scary when all sense of mystery and suspense just disappears. See, throughout Ma, we see flashbacks to her childhood, eventually building to the bad thing that presumably is what messed her up in the first place. This was apparently added after the original screenplay was written because Ma wasn't sympathetic enough? What? So if we're feeling sympathetic to this insane, dangerous person, surely it's no longer a horror. A psychological thriller, maybe, but again, the most thrilling part of the whole film was when Ma begins texting Maggie endlessly, a motif I'm starting to see more and more. There's also an awful lot of time devoted to Maggie and Andy's relationship, which feels unnecessary beyond a certain point. So I don't know. As is classic Blumhouse style, there are a handful of genuinely laugh-out-loud comedy moments which stand out, mostly due to the sudden left turn into weird, but this isn't enough to save Ma. A good idea, a great trailer, a pretty dull film. Full kudos to Octavia Spencer though, she absolutely nails the role, and the decisive personality changes she has on screen are genuinely great, but it's just not enough to recommend, sadly. This is the most fun I've had in a long time. You have one message. Message one. Hello, screen bucket. Budget Stewart here again. I, I wish to apologize for the awful fight the last time I called. Um, things did get a bit out of hand, but... I've had to bury Ian in the garden, after I hit him with that phaser. I probably shouldn't have said it to kill, but... I mean, it's all done now, and... and Patrick! Now oh. Patrick! Ian? Is that you, Ian? Ian, that is what they used to call me. I am Ian the White. Oh. And I see that you have killed me, and kept my camembert. Well, I thought you didn't want it anymore, I'll be honest. I, I figured you'd... I... I have something to tell you. Make it so. I have your brie. My brie? I am in the white now, and I'm more powerful than you. But and you've I've got taken my, your brie. You've got my brie. I've taken your brain. That is my number one cheese. I couldn't give a damn. 
I'm going now. I'm leaving with your brain. There's nothing you can do about it. Good day, Patrick Stewart. Ian, come back here with my brie. I'll trot you down, Ian. Warp factor nine. Engage. Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur. I would love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like I do on screen, Bucket. My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos. Ruined dreams. This wasted land. But most of all, I remember the road warrior, the man we called Max. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time, when the world was powered by the black fuel, and the desert sprouted great cities of pipe and steel. Gone now, swept away. For reasons long forgotten, two mighty warrior tribes went to war and touched off a blaze which engulfed them all. Without fuel, they were nothing. They'd built a house of straw. The thundering machine sputtered and stopped. Their leaders talked and talked and talked. But nothing could stem the avalanche. Their world crumbled. Cities exploded. A whirlwind of looting. A firestorm of fear. Men began to feed on men. On the roads, it was a white line nightmare. Only those mobile enough to scavenge, brutal enough to pillage, would survive. The gangs took over the highways, ready to wage war for a tank of tooth. And in this maelstrom of decay, ordinary men were battered and smashed. Men like Max. The warrior Max. In the roar of an engine, he lost everything. And became a shell of a man. A burnt out, desolate man. Haunted by the demons of his past. A man who wandered out into the wasteland. And it was here, in this blighted place, that he learned to live again. That was the opening scene and chase music from Mad Max 2, Road Warrior, by 
Brian May. Not from Queen. Not, no, just another Brian May. Brian May. Brian May. Brian May. Brian May, I've got some music for you, George. Let me play a little tune on my keyboard. How long is it going to take? Uh, 24 hours? Uh, <laughs> oh dear, what a way to start. Yes, Mad, Mad Max. Max 2. Yes. So this is the the quintessential post-apocalyptic film, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. Certainly the the uh, the trope namer mm. for post-apocalypse. A lot, massive amount of influence. I mean, you see it in South Park on the kids' walls. You see it. Well, James Cameron was influenced by it for Terminator Two. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, uh, there's thousands, well, countless like Italian ripoff of Mad Max. You can see so many of them. Actually, Amazon Prime has a lot. Hands of Steel, just that standard like leather-bound future warrior in a stark and barren wasteland, and people on bikes and stupid vehicles that just held together with duct tape and wishful thinking. Yeah, Mad Max is like considering that the first film was until Blair Witch, the cheapest film ever made. No way, was versus, it versus profit? Oh wow! That from such humble origins of like one guy making a film after a film course, to being the most influential, like, sci-fi, fantasy, action movie, possibly ever. Yeah. I mean, it's oozed into, like, video games. How many post-apocalyptic Mad Maxi video games are there? Well, it's funny, hundreds, and yet there's only been one Mad Max game, and it was only a couple of years ago. It's insane. Oh. Mad. 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 Oh! <laughs> So it was uh, written and directed by George Miller, who was a trained and qualified surgeon. Really? Until he got bored and went, did a film course and made Mad Max. What, he, that was his steps? Was yeah. he into films before then? I he, guess he must have been. Yeah, I hope so. But yeah, it was a train Because he did Mad Max, the first Mad Max, he did as a road safety-like film. What? Yeah. Because whatever you do, don't start on Mel Gibson on a road. <laughs> well, no, he'll kick your bloody head off. A lot of the the sort of two thirds of the first Mad Max 1979 film are just people running around being idiots on the road, right? And like, there's bits of dialogue like uh, Goose is saying about how he's, he's a police officer and how by the time he got to this accident. This guy was trying to scream with his face ripped off, and oh, that's obviously right. all based on. George Miller's actual like His surgical experiences. It's terrifying, yeah. I suppose in Australia he's probably worked on enough like casualties to think, right, I've got to make a film about this. Well the amount of bikers and stuff, like Mad Max one, most of the baddies are all bike all of the baddies are bikers. Uh and they're all just locals pulled in. Huh. That's just Australia. That's what it's like. That's what they do. And bear in mind that the who was it? Stephen Fry on QI told a story about it, how Someone really badly needed an organ transplant, and the doctor went to the window and said, "Well, we really desperately need this organ, but it's raining, so there should be some organ donors coming in any minute now." Talking about motorcyclists, so. <laughs> but anyway, Mad Max Two. What happens? So it starts off with a kind of recap. Come introduction to the character mm-hmm. for people who have not been shown Mad Max 1 yes worth noting that actually Mad Max 1 was barely shown anywhere especially in America so yeah. much so this is Mad Max 2 to us but it's just called The Road Warrior because no one had seen the first one no so yes 
So they just briefly went over him, footage of him sort of losing a girl and kicking bad guys' asses and being attacked and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then he's driving. He's driving away from a nasty, nasty, punky motorcycle man and his gimp. Yes, Wes. Wes. Wes and the beautiful one or something. Like, it's a really lame name oh, of for the blonde one. Uh, yeah, Wes and a couple of cars as well. Mm. Um, Max is using his, his super-powered V8, V8 Interceptor. Uh, but he runs out. He's running out of fuel, so he has to slow down, and they catch up to him. And we see some road warring. Yeah, he's getting the oil and catching it in his jars and stuff. Well, he knocks the car off the road. They spin out into each other. They crash. He jumps out, and the first thing he does is put out a sponge and start mopping up the petrol. Yeah, from the road. That's how sacred it is in this world. Yes. So yeah, the post-apocalypse in this isn't a nuclear war, it's not zombies or anything, it's literally the oil has run out. And what's left is people scavenging and hunting and fighting for what's left. Which is, uh, I suppose, what a lot of people worry is going to happen. Yes! Woo! Now's the time to watch these films. Train yourself. Uh, thanks, Theresa May. And it's time. <laughs> Don't get political. Put that up. in, yep. What the key thing as well is that he crashes by a truck, by yes. a tanker truck, which but is worth remembering. It is worth remembering. <laughs> so he stumbles across a gyrocopter, an abandoned gyrocopter. A little mini helicopter with no shell. You just sit in it and it's got a propeller above you and yeah. you zoom around on it. And the first reaction Max has is to grab his crowbar. He wants the fuel or, I guess, spare parts. Hmm. He needs something from it. Goes to it. It's it's bait. It's a trap. And out pops the gyro captain. Yeah. Who I pegged is one of the poachers from Austin Powers when nature calls. He's also one of the lanky aliens from Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Mm. <gasps> oh! Yeah, yeah. Oh! One of the bald, floppy things. Oh, I can so see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah, so go on. He's... <laughs> So, yeah, so the gyro captain laid a trap, but Max is too quick and too cunning. And he has a dog. Yeah. Called Dog. So, he eventually turns the tables on him. Uh, and the gyro captain, in exchange for his life, tells Max of this place where they're refining oil. Kachunka, chunka, chunka. Fuel! Gasoline! Thousands of gallons of it! As much as you want! Where? No, no. Where? <laughs> 20 miles from here, permanent they are, refining, a huge tanker full. Crap. No, 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 it's true, it's true, it's true. It's not self-service, no, no. It's too hard for me, but a man of your ingenuity. Where, where, where? Kill me and you'll never find out. Max lets him guide him to the place and there it is. He finds a fortress around an oil pump. A fortress of hippies. Yes. Come pagans, come pilgrims, come poor people. Well, they're, they're all dressed in white and beige and yellow. They're the goodies. Yeah, exactly. Because around them, circling like angry bees, are the baddies, the black-clad leather BDSM bikers. Yeah, and I want to make a point of this, by the way. BDSM. Mm. Leather chaps with your butt cheeks sticking out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're asking for the worst road rash ever. Yeah, but it's it's hot, isn't it? So you need those bum need to... circles to air <laughs> themselves as you drive along. Yeah, why not? 
So. Better that than tight leather trousers in the Australian sun, surely. That's true. How about no leather? Ha- mm, that's a good shout. Just fabric. Fabric. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So Max wants to, uh, you know, he sees an attack. He works out that these guys are at odds with each other. And the leather clad warriors are picking them off like flies whenever they... So they're making their life very hard for them. Well, the the... The settlers, the, the the refiners, are trying to find a way to haul a tanker of oil, we find out, that mm. they've got waiting to go. So they keep sending out scouts. And this happens while Max is observing. They send out scout cars, which all get picked off one by one. But one of them gets taken down, but then abandoned, basically, by the baddies. They just sort of leave it there, apart from one guy. Uh, so Max goes down, takes him out, finds the guy one of the settlers still alive and who promises if he if Max can take him back to have all the oil all the gasoline he can ask for but he Ooh. dies but then he dies Max takes him goes to the effort of taking him back but no the contract died with him mm. Mm. annoying yes yeah, a little bit annoying and Max who's the reluctant hero is basically convinces them not to kill him by promising to use the truck that he saw uh, two days ago. Two days ago, I saw a vehicle that had hauled that tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. But here's the thing. He's not a hero. Max couldn't give two tanks of gasoline. Which is why this is a film that works so well, I think. Hmm. You don't always want to be in a film where the hero is just hero for the sake of it. You want to be into this character who's kind of, I just want to take my take my reward and get out of here. Well, yeah, he's the Han Solo. He's uh, he's the Clint Eastwood man with no name. Um, he's just out for himself. And at the point of the film is that he's dehumanized. He's lost everything that made him human, and now he's just a shallow, burned out man. And throughout the film, we sort of see that some humanity starts coming back. But at this point, he doesn't care. And the film doesn't care either. I don't know if you noticed, that in the, um, before he sort of makes his promise, before they trust him, there's a point when, after the very famous scene when the big bad Lord Humongous promises to let them... Just walk away. Give you a pump. The oil. The gasoline. And the whole compound, and I spare you lives. Just walk away. I will give you safe passage to wasteland. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Um, there's a big debate about whether to trust him or not. And the villagers are all shouting to each other, like, we should go, we should trust this man, and no, he's just going to kill us all. But we don't hear that debate. The music drowns them out, and then we see Max just, Dealing with the feral kid. Yeah. We don't hear what the film is about. We're just watching Max not care. Yeah. Did you notice that? Because he doesn't care, we don't really care either. Exactly. It's just, it's all just muffled. It's all in the background. Yeah, definitely. And as he gets more invested, um, through no choice of his own, we start to hear it more and it gets louder, more obvious to the, to the audience. Clever bit of filmmaking that. It is. What about, um, the boomerang kid. The feral kid. The feral kid. How do you feel about the feral kid? Well, 
you said to me whilst we were watching it, this is the most Australian thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and so it's that like stick of a dump. Yeah, he's just running out with a with a boomerang, a metal boomerang, going. <laughs> <laughs> gives him a little uh, happy birthday ting- jingle toy. Yes, and he loves it. I, there, there's something worth that because it looks pathetic and, and silly that music box. But bear in mind, this is probably the first music they've all heard in years. Good point. And the feral kid may maybe ever. Yeah. So he's like, wow, what is this thing? Exactly, what yeah. Is it? This is a tune. It's just magic, yeah. Yeah. It, it's easy to forget that. Because that's the thing with Mad Max 2. It's not like 200 years after the nuclear bombs fall. It's not Fallout. It's mm. like five years tops. So this kid, can I say gimp? <laughs> no. I've said gimp already. You can't call him a... Oh, I see. Can I refer to I know gimp? What you're saying. I'm not going to call a child a... <laughs> It does have a name. Let me have a look at his name. Boomer, boomerang. The Golden Youth. Yeah, I knew something like that. The Golden Youth, um, with an expert shot of his boomerang, manages to half chop off Wes's gimp's head. Well, he aims for Wes, but Wes dodges. Wes dodges. Yeah. And the Golden Youth is just forever in yeah. his own world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, takes him down, and, and Wes goes mad. Mad! Uh, there's something that they... I love about these films and I think they kind of go further into it in Fury Road mm. but I like the insanity of the antagonists especially the henchmen like one of the idiotic henchmen sees that boomerang almost take a man's head off yeah yeah kid uh, Wes throws it and then he tries to catch it chops his fingers off what I love cuts back there's, to there's a nice little nuance there because I, I always think of it when he's running for the boomerang, everyone else knows this is a bad idea. All the villains, all the bad guys, all the punks and BDSM bikers and stuff, they all go, no, no, leave it, no, leave it, no. And then he grabs for it, cuts his fingers off, they all laugh. Yeah. But that's, to me, that shows that they're still, like, human. Because mm. they, they go, no, 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 idiot, stop it, stop it. But then they've, they've twisted because they don't act in revulsion, they laugh. Mm. I know, maybe I'm overthinking that, but that seems like a thing to me. No, definitely. And then there's the added insanity of the guy is laughing or curious about something else seconds after his fingers are chopped off. I think the gyrocopter swings over or something. Yeah. He's staring at something and he's forgotten that his fingers have been chopped off. Yeah, he seems more manic than the others. Like, Wes is legitimately evil. Mm. Probably worse than Lord Humongous, who... Calms him down quite a lot, like whoa there, which is interesting. That's yeah. sort of like that's sort of like Lord Vader going crazy and the Emperor going. Yeah, he's got this rational. Vader, he wants calm to... down a bit. Have to... a little sit down, Vader. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to keep a lid on him, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, it's just not now's not the time. So yeah, I mean, Mad Max Two has everything and is probably the film I most watched as a teenager. This and probably lots stuck in Two Smoking Barrels that I've watched on loop. Um, but here's the question. Has Fury Road replaced Road Warrior? No. Because um, Fury Road is a much grander film. And Fury Road has these giant... I mean, everything about it is giant with the cliffs and the milk. And there's, there's so much of everything. I think, yeah, Fury Road is still the same story, though premise essentially it's just, and it has the same thing if, going on i mean mad the mad max original three films and especially this one it feels like it is built being built out of the scraps and the ruins more than the other ones definitely i agree yeah yeah well mad max one and two have have a have a 
full circle. Mm. Three is just dumb. Yeah. Uh, but one, you've got a man leaving civilization, losing everything he loves, and then driving into the outback. Right. Where he finds himself again at the end. Goes on a gap year. Basically, yeah. He mm. has spring break when he plays with some nightmare people. Three is just... just hmm. Fury Road stands out on its own. And I think that maybe that's the difference. Because part of the thing with Max, and a lot of people complained about it after Fury Road, presumably because they don't understand the character. Max isn't really a person. He's more of a vessel for you to explore the world around it. Yeah. He just sort of turns up. He's the catalyst that starts things You witness whirring. things happening to him through his eyes. Mm. Things happen. He just stumbles into a, someone else's story, which yeah. I really love. Genuinely love that idea that he's just... Like like I say, when we weren't actually listening to the plot of the film. No. We're just looking at Matt's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he just slow, just casually unpicks the handcuffs he's got on. Yeah. And just sits there. Like, <laughs> 100%. I've got nowhere, nowhere to go. Mm. Well, and we... that's the same with Fury Road. People kicked off with Fury Road because it was called Mad Max, but there was a woman who was the main character. Or Charlotte Shea Chiffron. Yeah. Which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, still. Um, but it, it is about Max. It's about Max leading you into that world. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. I agree. Do you prefer Do you prefer Fury Road over Road Warrior? I I think I do actually prefer Fury Road, and I think purely because the stunts are just absolutely out of this world, and I really, really enjoy. Nicholas Holt more than I do yeah, true. the antagonists in um, Road Warrior. With the stunts in mind, I, while I agree they are amazing Fury Road, the stunts in Road Warrior feel much more dangerous. Oh yeah, and therefore have much my respect a lot more. They're a lot scrappier. What was that? Um, Just read that the tanker. The uh, they had to starve the stunt driver of the tanker for 12 hours because it was very likely that they would have to operate on him immediately <laughs> after shooting. Oh that was the God. extent of the danger. Yeah. They they rolled a truck at 65 miles per hour, basically. Insane. Yeah. But I have full respect for that. And yeah. I imagine it might have been a bit more safer on the Fury Road set. Probably not, but maybe a little bit well, more. Well, the thing with stuff like Fury Road... I mean, these days you can just drive a car with a remote control, I, I assume. Yeah, I think there was a lot of CGI a... as well. Uh, yeah, there no you one go. talks about that so much. But anyway, Road Warrior, get your recommendation? Yeah, absolutely. Great film. Me too. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Um, maybe skip the third one. Yeah. I can't um, even remember the third one, to be honest with you. It, it, it's not good. Okay. Uh, especially not good because they put Tina Turner in a chainmail bikini as if that was okay. And this is the theme from Mad Max 3, Beyond Thunderdome. Stream bucket on Nopat FM. Beep boop. Nick's Game Reviews, Outer Wilds. With E3 this weekend, there's not been a lot happening with regards to video games, other than the usual leaks. But it's always a good time for indie or smaller studio releases. One of those is Mobius Digital's Outer Wilds, a first-person sci-fi adventure puzzle mystery game. When Outer Wilds was first announced back in 2015, it seemed like a flipping amazing game. The premise revolves around a Groundhog Day style format. You are a space explorer journeying from planet to planet to uncover the mystery of an ancient alien race that once lived there. 
but every 20 minutes the sun goes supernova and kills you and everything in the system. These 20 minutes will repeat infinitely until you solve the mystery and you are the only one who remembers from one 20 minute to the next. Sounds interesting, right? Right. That's what I thought. In actual fact, I found myself bored out of my brains with no interest in the universe, the characters or the story. I know I'm very alone in this, it's getting 8s and 9s from most review sites, but I don't really see how. There is quite a cool ending, I'll give it that, but to spend 20 hours being bored out of my brains to have one moment at the end that makes me say, oh, cool, it's kind of missing the point in games in my opinion. So. Instead of telling you more about this game, as, well, I can't really without ruining the game, I'm going to list off the things I'd rather do for 20 hours than ever play this game again. Number 1. Eat bark. Number 2. Watch paint dry on a fence on a damp dewy day. Number 3. Watch my cat lick his arse. Number 4. Analyse the contents of a glass of vomit. Number 5. Try and reach a pint of beer that is just out of reach where every time I lean closer it gets further away. Number 6. Debate the last season of Game of Thrones with the entire population of Twitter. Number 7. Discuss Adam's and Rob's toilet routines. Number 8. Sit on hold for telephone banking. Number 9. Listen to Baby Shark on repeat. Number 10. You have one message. Message one. Good night. Screen bargain. Hey, it's Mel Gibson here. Uh, this is a little bit awkward for me to talk about, but I just had to apologise for uh, something that happened the other day. Uh, someone, uh, they offered me some orange juice, and uh, I got a bit riled up, because I've told you before, I really hate juice. I really, really hate juice. And for someone to come up to me, you know, a tough, masculine Australian man, and ask if I wanted some juice, you know, it was just the last straw, so I lashed out. I threaten people, but uh, that's behind me now, it's all in the past, um, I really appreciate that you uh, took the time to review Mad Max 2, it's my favourite Mad Max, and uh, thank you, don't offer me any more bloody juice, okay? What about a smoothie? Smoothie's fine, smoothie's fine, as long as there's no bloody juice in it, anyway, good day. Hollow Dell Media's Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. And that was, for the third or fourth time, a Grease song, Grease Lightning. Yeah. It's like, that's the only musical you know, isn't it? It is the only musical <laughs> Is I it know. really? Yeah. Are we going to play more, or are we, gonna, oh, we sort of done now? No, next time I think Beauty School Dropout is just going to go in there. And I then don't when even we, know what that is. Beauty School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Ugh. Beautiful I'm gonna start playing Les Miserables tracks. Just yes. throw them in. Fight Les Miserables. Uh, fight French activists against uh, greased up mods. Oof, that's a that's an idea. Yeah. Did you ever see um, what was that show? Oh, I always forget what it's called. Where basically they pit historical um, warriors against each other. Oh, it'd be like centurions versus samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninjas versus pirates. Yeah. And then. The episode that never got aired here, IRA versus Taliban. I can't imagine why they wouldn't air that in Britain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, oil. We've worked in with Greece, but I just can't help thinking that if only we had a massive amount of oil. It would be nice when it's like gold. Imagine the riches we'd have. If we could pay for anything, couldn't we? 
Yeah, um, golden deck chairs. <sighs> wow. Um, diamond carpets. We could probably start our own nation. We could. As as leader general of the of the Holodell-Utopia. Hol- Holotope. This is funny because, I mean, I do, I feel funny talking about it on the radio, to be honest, but, I mean, I do have a stash. What? Yeah, well, so my parents live in, in Perton, and the funny thing about Perton is it's actually on an old, sort of, it's between the Chalk Mountains, actually right, Chalk Mountains, Chalk Hills, and right in the middle is a, it's quite a substantial oil um, surplus sort of pit. The ancient dinosaur burial ground. Yeah, yeah, so you've got the, you've got the, the chalk ammonites, and down the bottom there's, there's oil. And you've come across a stash of it, which you've taken. Yeah, well, actually, I don't really like talking about it, but, but yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, do you want to utilize it? Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, we've got to the point where actually, maybe we should just do it. We should just use it. Yes, let's do it. Right. Okay. So uh, we need to think about it. We need to think about it. So what do we? We could set it. We could ration it and set it in chunks. And form our own country. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. We'll take um, a useless village that no one cares about. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, make it our oil town. Oil town. Oil town. We'll call it oil town. God. This is amazing. This is incredible. Oh, sod the show. Bloody hell. We can do anything. Screw this. I want to be in oil town. (laughs) Well, who wouldn't? Want to be in oil town. Want to be in oil town. Wanna be my lover? No. <laughs> First, you gotta get with my friends. Oh, I see. I feel it in my throat. I'll feel it in my eyes. Pollen is all around me. Why can't these flowers die? Nick's game reviews. Void bastards. Alright you lot, my name's Nick and I'm here to talk to you about Void Bastards, a new first person sci-fi shooter puzzle exploration game that is the latest in a long line of games and thinks it knows what us English lot sound like. You go on the ship, you find the parts you need to craft the next important bit of gear that will help you survive, and you move on to the next ship. The aim of the game is get out of the nebula. Why are there so many ships in this nebula, I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit of fun for an hour, not much beyond that really. Better than that, oh, wild rubbish though, innit? <laughs> ah. Welcome to... Oh, hang on. Sorry, I had some uh, caviar stuck in my teeth. Um, Can pull some more wine? Yeah, please take some over and uh, some more grapes as well. Thank you. <sighs> this is better, isn't it? Yeah, God. I should have got that oil earlier, man. <sighs> sorry, I, sorry I waited. I mean... This is good though, this is fine. I mean, I'm quite happy. Just uh, being fanned. When's the masseuse coming? Oh, she's just finishing the belly dance over there. Hurry up! Yeah, come on. Anyway, um. Yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, so we played Wannabe by Spice Girls. Did we? We did. Um, because. Feels like so long ago (laughs) now. (laughs) Back when we we were simple paupers. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Hmm. um. We played that because the Spice Girls ran into some sound problems. Did they? Yeah. Um, it's not movie related unless you count Spice World. Yeah. 
I mean, that is a movie. It is a movie. So we've stuck it in. We're a bit thin on the ground for news this week, but we don't... Hey, what sound troubles? What? You didn't tell me what sound troubles they had. The sound troubles? What do you mean? They were in Dublin. They were in Dublin. And no one did hear what they were singing or saying between the songs. No kidding. And the fans are very annoyed. Yes, you're absolutely right. See, after all this money, mm. I don't care about the show anymore. No, I know. It's so bad, isn't it? I'm just winging it. Yeah. Anyway. We've never done that before. It's normally really prepared. Really prepared. Ooh. Yeah. But now, instead, I'm preparing my next trip to Vegas. Oh, I mean, that's a good way of uh, losing all your money. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. We've got enough to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well, we might as well give him something. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Yes. Yeah, so we uh, we watched Indiana Jones and uh, reviewed it a few weeks back. And we did discuss who we wanted to be in it. Indiana Jones. Yeah. And we came to the conclusion that no one should... It should always be Harrison Ford. No one else can play him. Yes, indeed. And Harrison Ford agrees with us. <laughs> yes. He said he doesn't want anyone else to play Indiana Jones, which is good. Why would Why would anyone? No one can play him. No, 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 no. Just, if anything, just have a separate adventure. Yeah. A different character. Not Tom Cruise, though. Not Tom Cruise. No. no. Let me just say mm. that they can do another Indiana Jones with another person when we're all dead. Okay. And yeah. it's almost forgotten, and they can dig him up again. But we're not going to die for another 200 years because we're rich. We can afford that new technology. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So wait till we're dead. Um, next up, mm-hmm. Peep Show. Yes. I love Peep Show. It's fantastic. Yeah, me too. Um, I think it founded our college years a little bit. More so for you. I, d- I only discovered it really a few years ago and probably really? watched it all the way through. Yeah. Uh, no, we, I used to bang on about it all the time. I, d- I remember, I remember. But uh, yeah, they've announced that they're doing a US peep show, but they've gender swapped it. Ooh. So it's from the point of view of two American women. That's actually really interesting. I'm quite into that. I think it fills a good void because, I mean, the male perspective of failure is quite well covered by the likes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, things like that. Yeah, if you're talking American stuff, absolutely. Yeah, if you're yeah, talking yeah. American stuff, it, this sounds very refreshing. It feels what? like they've made a good choice. I mean, there is like new girls and, and uh, two broke girls and stuff. Like, that seems to be the way American media's going a bit. Yeah, I, want... I suppose it's removing women as the love interest sex objects and making them failures as well. Yeah, and I... The failures the um, the two protagonists. What are their names in Peep Show? Mark, Mark and Jez. Mark and Jez. Mm. Their failures are very male orientated. We've had all of that male failure with women, mm. so it would be quite nice to see that exact kind of comedy, but from a woman's perspective. There's also Americans whenever they take over or try and remake British uh, comedy, often make the mistake of doing the same jokes, yeah. which doesn't work from an American actor, let alone audience. Uh, good examples, Red Dwarf, two failed pilots that if you haven't watched, don't. They are awful. Yeah, uh, The Office, the first season was basically the first, one for one. The but first then they, episode was one for one. And then they developed it. But I think um, what was important with the, office, the American Office's success is Ricky Gervais came over to him and he was telling them things like, in the British office, he could be a terrible boss because it's really hard to fire people in England. Right, right. In America... 
Michael Scott actually has to be good at his job in, in okay. certain scenarios. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they kind of Americanized it in a realistic way, and this is why I think it worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, re- really looking forward to that. I hope they smash it. In other news, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the B word, Adam. What? Biopic. Mm. Biopic. Okay. 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 So they've done the Freddy. They've done the Motley Crew. They've done the Elton John. Yep. Now they're doing the Boy George. Okay. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I assume it, like, I'm assuming this is a very, very interesting story to hear. I was going to say, he's probably got a more interesting story than Elton John. Do you think? Well, I'm, I, I don't like Elton John. Why? So I'm in a, I'm in a minority position. Why don't you like Elton John? Because I don't like him. National treasure? Well, fair enough. Um, but Boy George, yeah, I think he's probably got a quite interesting story. Did you ever see Star Stories with Boy George? No. <laughs> Basically made him out to be um, sort of like a creepy demonic clown character who would who creep in and uh, mess with George Michael. Really? Wherever he entered again. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> but Boy George... Boy George, uh, Culture Club, do you really want to hurt me? It's in a film, and the film was The Wedding Singer. Was it? And it was in Without a Paddle. So, we can play that. Okay, fine. Adam's Film Reviews. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 2019. Our world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun and we are the cause we are the infection but like all living organisms the earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection its original and rightful rulers, the Titans. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And unless all the Titans are found, our planet will perish and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on. Directed by Michael Doherty, Godzilla King of the Monsters is the follow-up to the pretty terrible 2014 film Godzilla, in name only, and is the third in Legendary's Monsterverse series about the clandestine organisation Monarch and their misadventures with big scary monsters around the world. True to form, Godzilla King of the Monsters opens with Emma Russell, a scientist working for Monarch, who's been damaged by the events of the first film, continuing her work alongside her daughter and only surviving child, Madison. Emma has developed a new technology to help speak directly to the creatures, now known as Titans, with a hope to make them docile and safe. Her first test subject is in a nearby temple deep in the Chinese wilderness. Within a vast chamber, a giant glowing lava, known only as Mothra, emerges from its chrysalis. And sure enough, 
the technology works. Before Emma and Madison are truly able to celebrate, however, the science team are quickly wiped out by eco-terrorist militia led by sinister British villain Alan Jonah. Emma and Madison are taken captive along with the prototype device known as Orca. Their plan? To awaken the 17 sleeping monsters known to exist across the globe and restore balance to the world. Hmm. Terrified at the thought of this, Monarch tracked down Mark Russell, Emma's ex-husband and retired scientist himself, to help decrypt the Orca signal in order to track them down before it's too late. Unfortunately, it's totally too late. Jonah's militia make a beeline for Antarctica to awaken the, the mysterious Monster Zero, a great free-headed dragon frozen deep within the ice. Blasting the ice wall with explosives, Monarch are too late to stop Jonah from accomplishing his goal, and soon the Titan is free. But his awakening doesn't go unnoticed. This is King Ghidorah, the rival alpha to Godzilla, and Godzilla isn't going to take it lying down. What follows is a global chase as Ghidorah awakens the sleeping titans, imposing his will as alpha and driving them to destroy humanity. But Godzilla is never far behind, and soon the fate of the entire world rests in his big scaly claws. I'm just going to come out and say it, Godzilla King of the Monsters is exactly what I want from a Godzilla movie. The human story is there, and it, but it never feels like it's imposing. It guides us, the audience, to the next scene in a smooth and logical way. It delivers just enough emotional depth to keep me invested, while never once detracting from the huge smashy monster battles that I'm here to see. This delivers exactly what the last film should have, with an ever-growing cast of titans to join the battle, including Mothra, Rodan, a big woolly mammoth, and a whole load of weird and wonderful creatures, and quite frankly, I'm already trying to work out when I can go and see this again. If you're out to see a high-level destruction movie with big glowing creatures tearing through cities like wet tissue paper, say no more. This comes highly recommended. into Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. So, Rob, I mean, now we're millionaires. We don't have to even bother with quaggers anymore. We don't, really. We can just sell it to the highest bidder. And let them finish it. I yeah. mean, we could, but... Yeah. We've got this far now. We've just uh, wrapped with our actors, haven't we? We did. We did a wrap with our actors. Yes, indeed. So, we've had three days of filming with our actors... Yeah, so the first one was Drizzly and Cold in the Forest. Yes. Went pretty well. Yes. Second one was extremely testing and difficult in a tent full of flesh. Yes. 
Third one, easiest of them all. Uh, yeah. So the third one was basically because we couldn't finish day one because it rained us off. Uh, but it actually worked in our favour, I think, because it meant we had more time to do costume, uh, work out if we needed to do any reshoots. Dry, then... fully energised, happy, yeah, ready to go. Yes, which didn't work out particularly well because we had some some timing problems. Oh, well, just stupid Google and the sun. Stupid Google and the sun, yes. So we needed darkness, obviously. It's a horror movie. It's set at night. Um, we saw that sunset was nine o'clock on Google. So we arranged the tour sheet and we arranged the timings based on that. And then a couple of days before we shot, I think I was out at like half nine and went, oh, suspiciously light still. Sky is still blue. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday. So the actors all arrived around 7 o'clock. We didn't leave the house till half 10. Yeah, which is very annoying. Which very is annoying. very annoying. If it annoying. says sunset, the sun should be set. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we managed to squeeze in some practice and some rehearsals, which was useful. But there were probably at least two hours more than there should have been of mm. just sitting around. Which was fine because we get, you know, it's nice to speak to the actors and hear about what they've been doing and yeah. stuff like that. But um, yeah, this uh, particular day involved deaths. Yes. Um, it involved some degree of effects. Yes. Um, but my personal favourite event was Josh sacrificing his car <laughs> to the horror movie gods. <laughs> Yeah. So um, my nephew Jacob got the honour of throwing the bucket of filth. Which what was involved? It was be- okay. So what's happening is an evil demon woman gets run over by a car, and she, and uh, written in the script, she bursts like a water balloon over the bonnet, yes. inspired by Robocop, the Melting Man, or as someone on Twitter said, melted condom fingers. <laughs> Is how they called it. Uh, so that's what happened. So. I was inside the car filming the windscreen over the actor's shoulder who was driving the car. Uh, and Jacob, yes, he had the honour of throwing a bucket made up of uh, a massive industrial jar of beetroot that was probably gone off. Definitely gone off. Definitely gone off. Uh, a couple cans of soup. Oh, Some God. potato chunks that were soaking in fake blood for a couple of hours um, for extra lumps. Uh, and an assortment of plastic guts. Yeah, and I, from what you told me, like you said, the smell as soon as it hit the window, the smell was there. If anything, the smell was worse on the inside. Oh man! Yeah, so it's the vinegar. It just pierced every atom pore on that glass windscreen. Uh, has he said anything about the smell? He going? hasn't. He hasn't really spoken to me since. <laughs> But yeah, thank you, Josh, for sacrificing yes, you, Josh. your really expensive hunk of metal to to the good cause. Well, that's not even the worst thing, because the worst thing was after that. What was after that? Well, the blood's supposed to go through the uh, vents and spray... Oh, my God. <laughs> spray the giant inside, um, which involved us with uh, another bucket of blood, just flinging it inside the car. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. oh dear! Josh had bought some uh, seat covers beforehand. Not the- sure they did much good. They did nothing, nothing at all. In fact, I should say actually, I don't know what's happened, but the 
blood were used on Saturday night, the actors all said that it went through their clothes and stained them and stained them on the underneath, which never happened before. Oh dear. Well, Jodie's um, hair was red, wasn't it? Jodie's hair red, went eyes. pure pink. And I'm pretty sure it lasted a little bit longer than last time. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But it was in their contract. <laughs> we're rich now. Yeah, yeah. So we could buy Josh a new car. We could buy Jodie new hair. We should just buy... Yeah, we just clone them. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's next with the with the film? Producer man. Um, we're going to buy a salmon farm. And we're going to eat salmon all the time. Um, what, with the film? Oh, with the film. Sorry. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about all of our money. I know. It is, it is tricky, isn't it? It's it is hard. Yeah. Next, yeah. for the film, we will be meeting up over the coming months and getting all of the special effects done mm. as quickly as we can, but equally at our own leisure. A nice, yes. com- a nice combination of ease. Absolutely. So we've got puppets, we've got effects to do, got sound mixing, that's going to be an absolute nightmare. Mm. But fun. I think the foley is going to be good fun. Absolutely. Lots of splashing and custard and fisting custard. Mm. Yeah. Fisting custard. Fisting custard. That's going to be the name of the show. Fisting custard. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Um, right. Do you want to play a song? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's just sod it all off and just take the money and run. All right, sweet. By the Steve Miller Band. Not Miller Band, because we don't talk politics here. No, well, a nice little uh, Miller Band entry. <laughs> we liked Radio 4. I know, that's because we're rich now. Take the money and run. Speed bucket on NoFat FM. Beep boop. Anyway, yes. uh, I got to talk about Chernobyl. You got to talk about it. Yeah, honestly, it is... One of the best TV dramas I have ever seen in my life. And that is no exaggeration. I'm talking, it is on the par with like Prime Breaking Bad, uh, the golden years of Game of Thrones. It is <laughs> the best TV I have, think I've ever seen. It's it funny is- you say that because uh, uh, Matt, friend of the show, Matt from Electric Black, <laughs> he even said to me, as someone who's not seen Game of Thrones, forget Game of Thrones, watch Chernobyl. Yeah, it's so that must mean something. From the first bit of the first episode, you can't take your eyes off of it. You cannot withdraw your attention. You do not look at your phone. You are wow. gripped by the conspiracy, by the experiences the characters are having, um, how it unfolds, why evacuations weren't happening, how are they going to solve the problem? It's much worse than they thought. It might blow up and kill millions of people. Wow. It's it just evolves and evolves and evolves. So it's a mini series, right? It's a what um I don't know who coined the mini series term, but it's yeah, six or five or six episodes. Oh, so it's a British series length. <laughs> okay. Um and it's on Netflix. No, it's not on Netflix. It's a Sky slash HBO Oh is it? Uh event, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Netflix. No. Ugh. Bloody sky. Yeah, I don't know how you're gonna watch it unless you're a naughty, naughty pirate. But yeah, it's just unmissable best television I've is seen it, in years and years. It's based on the event. Yeah, it's based on the event, uh, Chernobyl. I, what I've been trying to avoid doing is Google... So I started Googling facts and I kind of wanted yeah. the show to tell me. I do know that they kind of swapped one or two events around. There's a helicopter crash that happened at a different time. But I, I think more or less it's what happened. 
but there's KGB involved. There's all sorts of things, cover-ups. And mm. you learn all sorts of things about what nuclear radiation does to you, depending on where you're standing, how close oh you are, how many of these uh, bullets, they refer to them as millions and trillions of tiny little particles or atoms that shoot through your body, Ugh. disintegrate your veins. and Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Uh, it's horrible. I do remember as a kid, I don't know what it was, but I watched a documentary... And I was a young kid, um, obviously from the Cold War, uh, about how... And I, the bit that stuck with me was that if you even see the blast, your eyeballs are going to... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's grim. There is a thing still there called the elephant's foot that's still in Chernobyl to this day, which is the hunk of uh, nuclear mass. Okay. Um so when the core explodes, I'm assuming that's what originally was there when it was at full power. Right. And I think at first, uh, 30 seconds to fatality. And now if you're there still to this day, I think, or as of 2013, if you're mm. next to that elephant's foot in 300 seconds, you're dead. <laughs> Bloody hell. So it's still going. That, that's all I know about it is that it leaked and then they poured cement over it and just sort of left it. Yeah. And well, by they- this point, it's like ready to... There's, no. it's they were putting sand on it um by dropping helicopter helicopters mm, to come mm, drop mm. sand on it and if what they didn't realize was that sand was containing the heat should the globule actually have exploded it would have been like a mass megaton bomb which would have wiped everything out within a 50 or 30k radius and then everything after that would suffer from major fallout um, hell. water crops Everything in like that massive section of Europe, yes. like Czechoslovakia, uh, all, all you know, East Germany, all sorts. Well, that was of the worst thing, wasn't it? it? Was the it was the massive cloud of radiation that then drifted over Europe? Yeah, it afterwards. was setting off meters in Sweden. Right, they were set. It was picking it up on their detection Bloody system. Bloody hell! And one last thing I'll say about it, which is the most mental thing, and this happens in the first episode. Hmm. Their meter readings at the plant only went up to three point six. So um, the chief doctor says, what's the meter reading at the moment? And they go, uh, 3.6. And he goes, oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. 3.6, writes it down. And really, it was like hundreds of oh times my God. Hundreds oh my and hundreds God. of times more. Yeah, but... That's ridiculous. You have to watch this. It's yeah, yeah. gripping. I need to find out a way to, uh, to find it, because if it's not on Netflix... I assumed it was on Netflix, because everyone's talking about it. Nice. Now I need to find out how to bloody well see it. It's got an um, absolutely amazing cast... Uh, they're all um, all English cast. All English cast. Yeah! Ah! What? Who are you? I'm Cornelius Moneybags. Oh my God, the mayor of Purton. The mayor of Purton, yes. Cornelius Moneybags, the mayor of Purton. Oh God, he. No- oh God. So that's Stash I talked about. Yes, that's Stash. It is yours, isn't it? Um. Well, it's the village stash. It's my stash, and you've stolen it. No, 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 no. This is our that oil. That is my oil, and you have no claim. Adam, we had screws. He's the most powerful man in England. He's got so many resources. It's a bit. Yes, I've got a militia, a village of armed pensioners oh who will come God. and claim back the oil. Oh, we could get out of here. Just take it all back. Take it all back. It's too late for that. Oh, God. It's too late. Yes. I'm going to punish you. What are you going to do? I'm going to drip all the oil through your eye. 
And then the harvest it from your armpit. Sod that. Let's Okay, let's get out. Let's get out. No! What's that, dear? What? Oh, it's the armed pensioners. That's right, dear. Adam, run. Run. Come back here. Come back. What's your bag, dear? Do you want a bag, dear? No, no. Leave us alone. Give him back his oil! Give him back his yes. oil! After them, my pretties! Oh, give the oil back, you buggers! Okay, quick, quick! Knock over that drum of oil! Oh, oh dear! Oh, I'm slipping, dear! <laughs> yes, we've got them, we've got them! We've slipped, all of the old people are slipping and breaking their hips! Let's go back to your farm! <laughs> He, he doesn't know who we are. Let's get back to your hat and hide. Flat. Okay, yes, 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 yes. we're just as flat here. Yeah, where are we going? Bugger off, Cornelius Moneybags, we've oh. gotten away. <sighs> okay, I think we've got away. <coughs> oh, oh, God. I can't no. believe you stole oil from Cornelius Moneybags, man. I can't believe the noise of those old women falling over in the oil. We've lost everything, we're poor again. It's like a packet of crisps being smashed. Oh. Oh well. But it was fun being rich while it lasted. Oh god. Yeah, I mean luckily I stashed a little bit more. In oh my really? Jacket. Hey yeah. hey baby. <laughs> I've got enough in this hip flask to buy a small island. Hip flask. Hip flask of uh, of oil, yeah. Of oil. Do you know how much a hip flask of oil is worth? It's about worth as I don't know, like a like a little island, isn't it? Um No. No, we're poor again. What? Let's just... Let's just finish the radio show. Let's just... It's, it's, it's over. It's I haven't it. even paid the dancer. It's over. She's over there. I can just pay her if I had... Give her the flask. <sighs> Give her the flask. Come oh, on. I don't, I don't. Here Come you go. On. Do you want a flask of oil? Well, that's end, shall we? The end of the show. Yes. So, what? Well, you better go and hide somewhere. I'm going to find a place to hide. This is Lalo for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You you go to somewhere. I'm going to go to Ireland. You go to what? You go. To, yes. Yeah. Good. I'm, pre- I'm protected over there. No one will know. Hmm. No one you know there. Uh, it's my birthday next week, so I can't really go anywhere. Um, so we're going to do the birthday show. Right. Uh. I'll choose a film, we'll talk about it with Matt, and hopefully this will all blow over, and um, yeah. Okay, great. Well, yeah, well, um, I hope you enjoyed enjoyed the show, hearing our downfall, our uh, rise and fall, mm. oil barons. Yeah. So long ago. Oh, well. Anyway. Hollow Dell Media's Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. That's the show. That was the show. Yes. Thanks very much for listening. Um, we hope you've learned a thing or two about the oil industry from us and do's and don'ts. Yeah. Always check where is your oil sourced, Adam. Yep. Yeah, I know, but to be fair, you know, he was just lying there. I didn't know it was anyone's property. I mean, mate, we're now in Cornelius Moneybags' bad books. Yeah. This but is going to come back and bite us at some he point. He doesn't know where we are yet. Yet. True. Those pensioners, they can get on a. On a scent well, like they're, that. They're stealthy, aren't they? Mm. They can sneak up on you. They can. It's, it's only when they see, like, a cat or a child that they uh, they lose their, 
their grasp of of stealth. They they can also fold into more or less two D because their bones their that. bones are so brittle they can actually fade into walls. Oh my god! Oh my god! I think we've got rid of them for now. Right. Send a show before they come back. Yeah. All right. So Rob's sodding off, but I'll be back again in two weeks' time. <sighs> Git. Sorry. Uh, anyway, do follow us at screen underscore bucket on Twitter.